Ultimately, everything kind of boils down to one question. What's the fucking point? So let's talk about it. I'm your host, Valerie Martin, and this podcast brings a little levity and a lot of curiosity to some of the biggest questions and ideas that we meager humans can ponder. Join me and our guests each week as we dig into topics around psychology, human behavior, consciousness, spirituality, philosophy, and more, all with a healthy dose of existential angst. And now, today's episode. Hello, podcast fam. Welcome back to the show for episode number 46. And I'm out for a walk as per huge on these intros and just wanted to share a few of my favorite uh, recent discoveries or things that I'm enjoying uh, before I tell you about our guest for this episode. So since you're listening to this, I imagine that you are into podcasts as I am and I definitely go through phases. I know a lot of people do where it's like I'll listen to like a million podcasts and then I'll listen to like five audiobooks and I'll be super behind on all my podcasts and sometimes I'll catch up and sometimes I'll just delete them because there's just no catching up when there's so many amazing podcasts. Um, and then sometimes I'll go through music phases though honestly like not as much as I probably would like because I am a bit of a an information junkie. So, um, so that's I feel like maybe a part of my spiritual practice is listening to more music and actually I wasn't even thinking of this till I just said that but one of my favorite artists to just like have on whenever is East Forest and my friend tour Jenny Blake who was on a couple episodes ago um, just had East Forest on her podcast and it is an awesome episode I listened to that one um, yesterday So I will link to that in the show notes, Jenny Blake's Pivot podcast episode with East Forest. And if you're not familiar with his music, it is incredible. Like good instrumental tracks. There are some with some vocal layover. He just did a collaboration with Ram Dass. That's really awesome. And in fact, the song Nature, I'll also try to remember to put into the show notes, is, oh my gosh, just incredible. Um... I dare you to listen to it and not have feelings. So, ooh, I'm crunching little fallen leaves under my feet. It's so lovely. Um, okay, so that episode, another podcast that I cannot believe that I am just now discovering is called Ologies. And it is a comedic podcast host slash television media personality, Ali Ward, who hosts the show. And I can't remember exactly how many episodes or how long it's been on, but when I found it recently and was kind of going through the archives, downloading a bunch of them that sounded really interesting, there are so many. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be listening to this for months to catch up Um, because the episodes are are longish, but they are packed with just hilarious nuggets and so much interesting information because she brings on um, experts in different science scientific fields hence like um the name ology it's different different like dendrology and somnology i i've started with the dendrology episode and now i'm like oh my gosh i need to bring this guy on my podcast to jkc clap because as she said oh there's a car coming as ali said um in her podcast she's like oh my i've never met someone as enthusiastic about trees so 
Um, the episode was fantastic. I was like just searching for tree podcast episodes recently. Holy crap. So good. Um, so now I've listened to several of the ologies podcast. Um, people just really love going down this cul-de-sac and turning around. I'm not sure why. (laughs) Um, anyway, so ologies is awesome. And then, oh my gosh, my favorite podcast, I know I've mentioned it on here, but it's been a while, is Buffering the Vampire Slayer, because Buffy the Vampire Slayer is one of my absolute top favorite TV shows of all time. I really think that it's probably tied between that and Veronica Mars. There's some others that are really up there too, but those are like my two fave. And so Buffering just took a long break, like four months, and they just came back with Um, they're now on season five of the show and they do it spoiler free. So if you've never seen Buffy, you could start at the first season of buffering, which was, you know, however many, two or three years ago now and, um, start there and watch through after you watch each episode. Phenomenal. Um, Jenny Owen Youngs and Kristen Russo are incredible. So that just came back after a long hiatus And oh my gosh, I I was like, how did I not realize this? I'm not great at always catching things because even though I follow them on social media, I miss a lot. So I didn't realize that Jenny Owen Youngs, who by the way is an awesome musician herself um, and is releasing some new music, but she is now co-hosting with someone else, a Veronica Mars podcast. And there are now five episodes and I haven't listened to any of them. Oh my goodness. So um, if anyone who hears this ever wants to nerd out about Veronica Mars or Buffy um, or anything like that, then uh, I'm your girl. And last thing, which is not podcast related, that I'm really loving is, and this, you know, none of this is sponsored. I don't have sponsors. Um, The Forks Over Knives Meal Planner. So Forks Over Knives is... Um, started off, I think the first thing was the documentary, which is really good if you've never seen it. Um, it talks about reasons for being plant-based from a health perspective. They do kind of talk about some of the environmental and animal stuff, but it's mostly talking about the health angle. And um, while I'm very much a proponent of like uh, what some people might call junk food veganism, because I'm like, dude, it's not about depriving yourself. It's like, I'm in this for the ethical reasons. So I'm not like, Oh, I have to eat only whole foods. Like uh, give me those Oreos, give me those sweet chili Doritos because there are no animal products. I will eat them. (laughs) So, but of course, like on a regular basis, I want to have food that is nutritious in addition to my play food and uh, easy and inexpensive to make. So I found this meal planner. Forks Over Knives have since come out with like, they have, they're like an empire. So they have like multiple cookbooks. They have this meal planner, they have other stuff. Um, the meal planner is so awesome because you can like customize, like, do I want breakfast included? Do I want desserts? How many people am I cooking for? I've been using this thing for several weeks now and grocery store trips have been like super easy because it, gives you your grocery list. You can check off, you know, what you already have in your pantry or your fridge before you leave the house. And it'll, you know, takes it by section even of the store. And um, also gives you weekend meal prep options where if you have some time like on Saturday or Sunday and you want to like prep some of the grains ahead of time, you can do that. Um, I will say that 
because they are super whole food oriented, um, they don't really use like any oil pretty much. So there will be times that I'm like, I'm not gonna saute my veggies and my onion in water. I'm gonna use some olive oil. So that's just whatever you can um, customize, add a little salt, add a little oil, whatever. But it has been so easy. Like I, and we've saved so much money on food. Like I would normally get, have like an Amy's for a lot of lunches or we'd go out to dinner more. And we have been subsisting like for lunches and dinners almost completely off of these, um, these meals. And so it's really, really awesome. And as much as I enjoy cooking, I'm not someone who really likes to take a lot of time out of my evening to do that. So I uh, highly recommend the Forks Over Knives meal planner. All right, I have talked a lot already and I'm moving, I'm talking fast. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I'm intelligible. But I am so excited to introduce you to our guest for this episode. Her name is Erin Stutland. And actually, if you did catch the episode with Jenny Blake recently, um, we gave Erin a shout out in the beginning, just talked about how much we both really love and admire her uh, and her work. So Erin originally created a, a, an exercise movement program online called Shrink Session. Well, I guess she started it in New York and then kind of took it global online. And, and in the episode, Erin and I actually, one of the things we talk about is the name Shrink Session, why she's kind of moved away from it, which I like selfishly told her I was really glad about because I love telling everyone about her, but I wasn't like the biggest fan of that name, even though it's like cutesy and, and punny. And I am a big fan of puns. Um, so she now has a monthly subscription website called The Movement, where she shares these incredible workouts, some that are kind of already from the Shrink Session Library, which are awesome, awesome um, exercise movement things, uh, meditations, and these kind of inspirational videos. It's just awesome. And she's now creating more content every single month. So best $15 a month I could possibly spend on anything movement related, 15 or 20, I can't remember one of those, but uh, it's so good and I highly recommend it. You'll hear me talk to her about my love for soul strolls, um, which I may have mentioned last week or at some point on some other episode, I may have talked about soul strolls and Aaron's work is, is what I'm talking about there. So Aaron Stutland, creator of The Movement, author of the book Mantras in Motion, which you will also hear us talk about in the episode. You can find her at erinstutland.com and Erin Stutland on Instagram. And I will have all of those linked up in the show notes as well. And enjoy this episode. So Erin, I'd love to start by just hearing about what in the last like 24 hours have you been really fired up about oh my god in the last 24 hours <laughs> well um it's a it's been an interesting last 24 hours simply because i have not been sleeping well Ugh. and so i'm finding myself a little bit um exhausted but something about that actually has fired me up because i do find that um, when the mind gets really tired and the body as well, obviously, um, it's really easy to go into negative thinking and complaining and worry and doubt and, you know, kind of letting your emotions run the gamut, which 
you know, there's most certainly a time and a place for that. But I do know that sometimes tiredness could um, propel that forward a little bit. So I think in the last 24 hours, I've actually been just really fired up about staying true to my intention for the week. I try to set an intention each week and I do it with my my members and and the group that I have. Um, And my intention for the week was to be really efficient with my time. And I have a, a 21 month old daughter and I wanted to make sure that I was really focused and working when I was working and not kind of letting time just pass by and that I was relaxing and present with her when I was relaxing and present with her. So I've been fired up about that intention despite being very tired. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And uh, I, I both empathize because even though I'm not a, a, a mom of a kiddo, I, I know what it's, I'm just useless when I haven't slept very well. Yeah. But at the same time, sometimes, and I'm sure you've had a night, a lot of nights like this in the last two years, like you just got to roll with it and do your best. And I actually read somewhere, I don't remember where, I'll have to find it, just recently that um, they were talking about like, when are you most creative? And they mm. actually said that when you're really tired, you can be. And I think there's something to, like you said, that that can kind of fire up the complaining and the negative talk, which is also true. But I think that it's almost like it gives us more subconscious access. And with that, we can either go the sort of creative route um, or we can go into our, our sort of subconscious negative self-talk. Totally. I think I think the trick is to get yourself in motion with some creativity. And that is how you can tap into that more subconscious creativity. Cause I think it's just, um, you just have to get your step into it. And I think there's resistance, more resistance stepping into the creativity when you're tired. Cause you're like, I'm not going to come up with anything. I just want to sit on the couch. I want to take a nap, like all the things that you want to do instead of being creative. But I think you're right. I think once, if you can step into the creativity, um, I think it could open a lot of doors cause you're, re- you know, a little bit more relaxed. Absolutely. And that, is just, you know, you walking your talk, right? Because your whole thing is whatever whatever it is that's going on internally, what might happen if you brought some some motion and some movement into that? Right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about Mantras in Motion. Yeah. Um, so Mantras in Motion is the, the book that I published, wrote, and uh, published, it was published by Hay House this, this past year. Um, and the subtitle is Manifesting What You Want Through Mindful Movement. And it really is um, a book that helps you get to the heart of what it is that you really want. Um, and not on a superficial level, but from, you know, getting in touch with your core values, understanding who you really are and why what you want is important to you, and then creating an action plan to get there. And through that, you know, discovery of, of knowing what it is that you want and creating that action plan, we deal with, you know, the idea of cultivating courage and releasing resistance, um, changing your beliefs and clearing out the gunk that's preventing you from getting there. And this is all kind of happening um, through the process of storytelling, um, journal exercises, and then of course the mindful movement where we bring mantras that we're saying out loud to very simple movement that you can start to do so that you start to take these principles that you learn in the chapter and apply them to your body. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And it is, it is such an actionable book, like you said, between 
you know, the stories are just like kind of perfectly sized, very digestible um, without spending, you know, two hours sitting down and reading all at once and then getting into the actual journaling application and moving your body. Um, so it's funny because I'm I am one of those people who's always reading like eight books at one time. Um, which is not great always, but but I love reading. And so when I first got, you know, I think I pre-ordered the book and was so excited about it and started it right away, probably read like 50 pages of it and then got sidetracked by whatever seven or eight other books I was doing, continued doing my soul strolls and stuff, which we'll talk about. But um, so just recently, I picked the book back up to keep working through it. And it's you know, as life often does, the synchronicity of like so many of the messages that I was reading, I'm like, wow, I now is when I need to hear this. Yeah, I love that you said that because I really do feel that that is what this book is. It's, um, you know, certainly you can read it from front to back, but I do feel that it's a book that you, you know, you read a couple chapters, you let it sink in, you apply what you learned, and then you come back and you open up another chapter and you, you know, take it a step further, or you connect the dots to what you learned previously. And um, I think that's what the what's what makes the book really special is that you can keep coming back to it again and again. And depending on what's happening in your life, you're going to, you know, see things through a new perspective, and through new eyes, um, even if you read the same chapter, <laughs> and you just you see it in a new way. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a really fun book to work through. And, and there's no pressure to get through it all at once. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that you touch on in different ways throughout the book is this concept of distinguishing between inspired action and action that sort of comes out of like ego or fear, like forcing it or like really, really hustling to get what you want. And I would love to just hear you talk a little bit about that that concept and that distinction because it's so hard because it's like, okay, get into the arena, take the action. Like, how do I know when it really is feeling aligned or when, you know, I'm actually forcing or pushing this too hard and I need to step back? Yeah, it's, it's certainly not easy. I think this, um, you know, getting in tune and understanding and knowing what inspired action feels like is, is most certainly um, an art, right? It's an art to know ah, yes, this is inspired action. And then sometimes you take action that's not inspired. You're like, ooh, wait a second, you know, and, that, and that's okay too. I think, you know, a couple things to know and to bear in mind, I feel like inspired action, um, it's, it's when the actions that you're going to take feel very much in alignment with your core values. And that's another exercise I give you in the very beginning of the book. You know, when you understand what your core values are, for example, myself, you know, one of them is creativity. One of them is connection. One of them is presence. One of them is dancing. And I help you kind of understand what these core values mean for you. So I know that when I take action that will it, will it make me feel creative? Will it make me feel um, present and in the moment? Right. So will it, you know, so I don't just do meditation because I think it's a great idea and I should do meditation. And everyone says you should do it and it's good for your mind and blah, blah, blah. I do meditation because I know it's going to help me be more present. You know, I don't do my morning pages because like Julia Cameron says to do my morning pages <laughs> and it's going to make me a better whatever. I do my morning pages because it helps to open up my creative mind. So, you know, you want to start to think of these. I think that inspired action really has to be in alignment with your core values. But something that I want to say about that is that 
it doesn't mean that you're not going to be afraid <laughs> to mm-hmm. do inspired action. And, you know, I'll just share really quickly a story. I, I had recently been asked to um, speak to a group, a very big group of people. And I've done a lot of speaking and I've done a lot of teaching and I've been doing this for a long time. And, you know, it's hosted a TV show. So I'm, I'm used to being in front of people, but this one was a little different. And it was really just, I wasn't combining, I wasn't teaching movement. I was really just talking for about 45 minutes to an hour. And it was kind of a group of people I didn't, wasn't used to talking to. And it was a large group. And anyways, I was, it was something that I really wanted to do. And when I was asked to do it, I was, I was like, Oh my God, this is so exciting. Yes. And as it got closer and closer and closer to it, I was like, I don't want to do this. This was a horrible idea to say yes to this. Why am I, why did I do this? You know, so much so that the the week of the talk, I got an email from the coordinator. And before I opened the email, I, I, I saw her name and I was like, I hope she's canceling. I hope she's canceling and they were going to pay me a lot of money. So I was willing to forgo the money and forgo the experience that I want to have because I was so afraid. And so, you know, that doesn't mean that it's not something that I should have done. It doesn't mean that actually once, you know, cause once I got there and I got going and I got talking, it was inspired and the actions that I was taking, the speaking was inspired action, but I had to kind of push myself into it. I had to release the resistance. I had to get through my own resistance. And so we want to just keep that in mind. Inspired action should feel good. It should feel in flow. It should feel, you know, like time is going quickly. Maybe you lose track of time. Um, it shouldn't feel like it's coming from ego action. Shouldn't, it shouldn't happen because it's something that you feel like you should do, or someone told you you should do it. Um, you know, like be on all the, if you're running a business, for example, you know, business coaches will tell you like, Oh, you need to be on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, but you're like, but I hate Twitter. You know what I mean? So then, <laughs> so then that's, that that wouldn't be inspired action to be tweeting for you. Um, so, so you want to be thinking about what, what's exciting, what's in flow, but don't mistake that fear may still come up and it, it might still be an inspired action. Absolutely. And, and I think what's so hard about that is it does require like really tuning in, really knowing your own sort of like bodily sensation and, and intuition and, and returning back to it over and over again, because I'm picturing like a similar scenario, but like, say the person only said yes to the thing, like to the speaking gig, because they're like, oh, well, this like looks really good. Like, this is a thing that I should want to do. And this is like a coveted opportunity. And so I should do it. And like, it's going to make me a lot of money. And that's great. So I'll say yes. And then the closer it gets, it's like dreading, dreading, so it's like, okay, in that scenario, then the dread is more about like, wow, maybe maybe I said yes to this for the wrong reasons versus right. in, in your example, like it was really about like the fear coming up. So that's what I think is so hard and part of why I'm I'm really just in this discernment and, and wanting to talk this through is because A, I know that everyone can relate to this. Um, But also I'm going through it right now as I'm preparing to launch my first online thing, Mm. like that actual paid thing. Because it's like, okay, I know how to do a local uh, business. Like I know how to have my therapy practice. But the online world is a completely different beast. And um, to feel like you're just like, hey, I made this thing. And it's like crickets. And oh my gosh, does this mean I shouldn't do it? Does this mean... Oh, it's yeah. just that process. And I and another way that you talk about this in the book is that it's sort of like it has to be an energetic balancing act 
of one side action and creation and on the other side allowing and accepting. So I'm kind of like, okay, yeah. I'm doing the action finally, yes. However, now I've really got to chill on my energy and like just allow and accept whatever happens happens because otherwise I'm grasping this so much that it's not going to feel good even if it is a good and right thing for me to do. Yes, yes. And I think, you know, is in, in regards to like particularly launching a business, putting yourself out there in a bigger in a bigger way, whether it's whatever that is that you're doing in your life, you know, moving to the next level, putting yourself out there. I think um, that fear is completely and totally normal. And my guess and sense is that we don't get to that precipice where we feel really afraid unless it, we were inspired to get there. You know what I'm saying? We wouldn't, yeah. there was inspiration, there was creativity, there was excitement, there was enthusiasm. Like, you know, the idea of you, you know, you love your practice, you love working with clients and you had this idea for a course and you've started to put it together and you made the course and there was all this good, juicy inspiration. And that was snowballing you upward toward the top of the mountain. And then you get to the top of the mountain, it's time to like, you know, jump and put, put it out there. And, um, I don't think we get to that point unless there's that inspiration and creativity and inspired action behind it. And that's why we get to that really scary place. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think, yes, I think that's, that's so spot on, you know, the day before we, um, a couple of years ago, we were running a challenge and I thought, Oh, well, you know, we'll get like a couple hundred people in there and things just snow, you know, we got a thousand and then mm. 3000 and 5,000 and kept all the numbers kept going up. And the night before we were going to start the challenge, cause we were promoting before the challenge. I, I literally was going to email my team and I was going to be like, you know what, you guys, I think we have too many technical challenges. We're not ready to do this. I think we should email all 10,000 people and tell them that we're going to, we're going to start next week instead. <laughs> because I was so scared. Yeah. I was so scared. Um, so I think you have to take that inspired action, like you said, allow and know that it may bring you to the point of fear and discomfort. And then you take the final leap and do it. And that's when you begin to practice allowing. You say, you know, I've done the work, I've put in the effort, I've, you know, employed my creativity and my best, my best self. And it will land for people how it is meant to land and who it is meant, who it is meant for. And that part, you know, we can't control. Mm -hmm. And I think then it's also, we want to, one way to practice that allowing is to also move into a state of gratitude. So for example, with you, when you open your course, you know, maybe you have a goal in mind. Let's say you, let's say your goal is to get 50 people in the course. Well, you know, maybe in the first day you get two, it's very easy for us to move into, um, only two people. That's not <laughs> enough. Oh my God, I've failed. And I think that is the opposite of allowing. I think that is another form of resistance. What we want to move into is say, oh my goodness, these two amazing people, how I'm going to touch their lives. Because if you think about it in this particular example, I used to have this a lot when I would teach classes, live classes, you know, I would have classes and, and I would fill the room with people. And then every so often the, there would be, you know, half the amount of people. Cause it was just like a weird Monday night or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I would find myself being like, where is everybody? And then I had to stop and be like, that is so disrespectful to the people who are here <laughs> because everybody right. is here. These 15 people or 20 people or whatever who are here are here. And I have to bring gratitude for it and allow them their energy to bless me and my energy to bless them. And I think we need to move into that one way you can move yourself into that state of allowing and kind of letting go is to really practice gratitude for what is and what is happening. Absolutely. And it's so important not to get caught up in those like external metrics of 
success. And, and at the same time, it's so hard because like living in this world we live in and in this sort of business environment, uh, to some extent, it's like, oh, well, don't get caught up in how many followers and and how many views your story gets or whatever, how many people open your email. But at the same time, it's like, OK, but the larger the pool, the more likely I am to reach, you know, to reach people and to have them actually um, interested in and engaging with what I'm offering. So it's and, and then, of course, like, I mean, getting Hay House is such an incredible um incredible thing that you got for your your first book and and I'm sure that you know if you'd had like 500 people on your Instagram or email or whatever they might have been like maybe not yet (laughs) yeah yeah but I think you know I think it comes back down to yes you know the numbers are important the metrics are important and of course we have to make a living right so you need to have a certain amount of income that comes in um and that's that's all very real but I think it's so important. You have to remain connected to, um, I think to two things. One is you have to remain connected to whatever is important to you, why you are doing the business, why you are doing the, 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 the thing, the service. And you know, that's different for everyone. Like I said, for me, like creative expression is a very important part of my life. I, I feel when I'm not getting to express myself creatively, I feel stuck. I get depressed. It's, it's my medicine, right? Creative expression. And so I know that if I am creating and expressing myself and in that creative expression, by the way, sometimes it could be, I can make up a dance in my apartment by myself and that's mm-hmm. fine. But, but part of the creative expression I know is sharing with others and let it, having others see my creative expression. So when I stay connected to that, that is one piece, then, then I don't worry as much about the numbers and the metrics because I know I'm being true to myself. And then the other piece that I think is so important to when you are sharing or when you're in a business is, is truly being of service and not in that it's, you, we hear that a lot being of service today and it could get really, I don't know. I sometimes don't like when I hear it from people because I'm like, no, it's your ego. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. They try to like use being, they try to use being of right. service. Like the reason I want to grow my business is I'm just so because altruistic. I want to be a, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And, and I, and, but, but because, you know, it was really amazing. I did this past year, I did another um, medita- meditation teacher training and it was, it was particularly and specifically in compassion, compassion training. And I had the most incredible teachers and these people have been studying compassion meditation and Buddhism forever. And they study with some of the best lamas out there. So you just felt like you were soaking in such beautiful wisdom. And the thing that they, that really struck me was to have an altruistic heart is something you need to practice it every day. Mm-hmm. You, you, because it's so easy for it to slip away because we are inherently can be selfish and we're self-focused and we have to, you know, there's all these th- things we need to do to take care of ourselves. So, you know, altruism and giving to others and thinking of others needs to be, it's like a muscle that we need to build. And some people have a stronger muscle than others, but it is a a muscle that needs to get built and focused on every day. And I believe when you really focus on that muscle, it does make your life so much richer. I mean, there's studies in that, right? The more compassionate we are, the more empathy we have for others, the better and the happier we are, the better we feel. Mm-hmm. And so when we focus on that compassion and empathy and and helping others and really truly wanting happiness for others, um, again, comes back to the idea that the metrics don't matter as much. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and just like just really intentionally stepping into that energy of generosity, kindness, um, non-judgment, and seeing the the value, the worth, the beauty in every person, regardless of their flaws. Like that's just something I totally agree with that idea. We have to come back to again and again and again. Um, I, I heard the Sig Ziglar quote recently, and it was something to the effect of um, – People people always say that motivation doesn't last, but neither does bathing, which is why we recommend it daily. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like we could say that with gratitude. We could say that with compassion and self-compassion. It's like that's it's not a flaw in the system. Like it might become more natural and get easier with time as we're deepening those neural pathways. But ultimately, it's a forever thing that we have to cultivate and cultivate mm-hmm. and and I, I agree that it's like they just go hand in hand. So it's hopefully you're not only focused on being compassionate because ultimately that'll raise my vibration and then I'll be more successful. But right, but it right. really it's all intertwined. It's all intertwined. And I saw this I saw this great um, meme and it was like a picture of um, a guy who was like in a suit. And he was like, um, he's like, I meditated for, you know, eight minutes and now I'm ready to take on the world. And then there was like next to him, like a little Buddha. And the Buddha was like, maybe if you meditated for 30 minutes, you wouldn't feel the need to, (laughs) you know, and that of course, of course, this is not about like how long you meditate for, but just this idea (laughs) of, you know, I think when you stay, like I said, number one, stay true to who you are and what it is that you need to, to do to feel like a full human being. And then number two, stay connected to that compassion and that, um, connection to others it changes what you need on the outside. Mm-hmm. It changes what you need. And um, it's, it's a really beautiful place to, to be because you're like, do I, do I, what, you know, what will 50,000 followers give me versus what I have now today? What will that really right. do? Will it change? What will it change? Um, will it change my ability to creatively express myself? Not really. Will it change my ability to connect with other humans, be kind and helpful on a daily basis? Not really, you know? So um, it's it's interesting when you look at it that way. Right. It's like embody it now and mm-hmm. see what happens. And see what happens. And that's why, you know, when you mentioned Hay House, and yes, of course, it was a huge, amazing um, blessing and they're wonderful. And I felt so lucky to have that. But I, it, it really came very naturally and organically it wasn't like it, it kind of built it you know what I mean I grew I was growing 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 and all of a sudden hey I was like hmm would you like to do a book you know and it was um <laughs> it was it was uh it felt like a natural next step quite frankly yeah. um and, and less of like a, a goal that I had to achieve and I think those are all always really nice accomplishments when you're like yes this was like the next step of evolution it evolved naturally mm-hmm Right. So speaking of evolution, because I want to get to, in a few minutes, the movement and bring my soul stroll testimony. But um, I would love to hear you talk a little bit about the evolution of kind of starting with shrink session and evolving toward the book and now the movement. Yeah. So shrink session was the it came out of I was teaching live classes in New York City. I had put together um, I was really passionate about movement and dance and spirituality and self-development. And I put together these small, these workshops, creative workshops in New York City. I was teaching in a small dance studio, um, mostly to my other performer friends at the time. I was still acting. And um, 
and the the class, the workshops just continued to evolve. More people would come and people were growing and they were having these amazing experiences and changing their lives. And I knew that I wanted to take this and, and share it with more people outside of just the New York you know, community. So I built an online program and I shot uh, fitness videos, which I had never done before. Again, like total inspired action, had no idea what I was doing, but just felt like this is the right thing to do. Um, so terrifying. And, um, and created this wonderful program that, you know, began to spread and reach people around the world. And it was, um, it was, it was such a great, great and wonderful program and still is. And as time evolves, you know, you, you want to do more things and you want to share more ideas and information. So, um, then I wrote the book after having the shrink session for a little while. And then, and during this time of writing the book and shooting a second season of a TV show, I was pregnant and had a baby and that completely changes everything in your life. <laughs> um, and so I, um, you know, I had been thinking a long time about what is the next evolution of the business and how could I continue to help people and also, um, feel served creatively myself. Um, and, I, and the thing that I love so much about my original shrink session classes in New York City were I loved that every month I was creating new content and every month I was coming to the group with new ideas. And it was really this beautiful conversation and dialogue and building concepts upon one upon another. And so that's really where the inspiration for the movement, the new program came. It's, it's a monthly membership where it's very, I'm very much in conversation, as you know, with the members. I'd like to know what they need, what they want more of. And then I get to go and create it. Um, and I get to create new stuff and it's everything from mindful workouts that we use these mantras that we say out loud. Um, there are some just regular workouts in there that just, again, bring mindfulness to the movement. Um, there are meditations, there are some workshops in there, there are soul strolls in there, which we can talk about. Um, and so it's just, you know, been an evolution and this felt like the right time to, to create this. And it's an app, which is also very exciting. So it can be done, you know, there's an iOS, Android, Roku, um, Amazon fire. So you can do it anywhere, anytime, as they say. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and we were talking a little bit before uh, we started recording about just like kind of the evolution of, you know, shrink session is like very clever name, right? Of like, okay, like a shrink, like we're working with the mind here. Um, yeah. But also kind of that pun with like working out. Um and sort of how maybe that no longer felt like the right brand for you. Could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. You know, when I, when I came up with the name, I wanted something really fun and really clever. And I'm certainly someone that has, you know, a sense of humor. I like to laugh. I, I do not take myself too seriously. If you watch some of the videos, you'll see that. Um, and it just felt like a really fun kind of play on words, this idea of, like you said, going to a shrink. Um, and also, um, you know, you exercise, most people come to exercise because they want to change their body, transform, form their body, lose weight, whatever it may be. Um, but I think there was also something else in there that, that people didn't always realize, but it was also quite frankly about shrinking your doubts, shrinking mm -hmm. your fears. Um, and so there was that. So, you know, the name was really fun and it got a lot of like fun attention. I really liked it. And, and at the same time, there was always something about it that felt like, we shouldn't be shrinking ourselves. And, and I don't, and, and I mean both, um, I mean, I mean both, uh, emotionally, mm -hmm. but I also mean physically mm -hmm. and certainly, and this is, you know, I created this name in like 2011. So it's a long time ago. And 
even though I was at the the precipice, I think very much so of this like sort of mindful movement practice. Like when I started teaching this stuff, you know, when I would tell people what I was teaching, like it's mindfulness, it's movement, it's mantras, people would be like, oh, that sounds really weird, but cool. (laughs) Um, Now when you hear about it, people are like, oh yeah, I'm totally into that. You know? So I was very much at the beginning, the beginning of that phase. And it felt like you had to have something that was going, you know, at that time it was like, Barry's boot camp at Physique 57 Mm -hmm. and everything was really about the aesthetic. And so when you were creating a new fitness class, you, I felt the, the sort of pressure to make sure that we were appealing to the fitness world. And at the time, the fitness world was very much, um, still aesthetically based. If you went to a workout class at a gym, it was like, like, you know, most, most, you mostly you would hear from the teachers, like, all right, you guys, we got to burn the calories in the night before or summer's coming. We got to get, you know, mm-hmm. and while that never appealed to me and I never found that to be inspiring. And I always felt that was off. I didn't quite yet have the, um, the wherewithal or the knowledge to really dismiss that mm-hmm. to fully, you know, I just, I dismissed it. I certainly dismissed it when I talked about it. I, I certainly, when I talked about shrink session, I certainly talked about, this is about stepping into your power. This is about changing your mindset. Like, I never, and you know, you could even look back at all my marketing. I never, ever talked about weight loss ever. And I, and I could have, you know, I, I really could have marketed that, but that never felt right to me. And because that never felt right to me to talk about weight loss and to become sort of this person who was in the weight loss space, that's why shrink session always felt a little like, it kind of belongs in the weight loss space and (laughs) I don't belong in the weight loss space. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Yeah. And so just as time evolves and I became just more clear about what this really is. And quite frankly, as society has evolved Mm -hmm. and we've moved away from that, thankfully, you know, thankfully, I love that you see now teachers um, of all different sizes teaching exercise. Like that's what it should be because all different bodies can exercise and can move. You don't have to be a certain body type and you certainly don't have to be striving to have a certain body type. Like that's not the reason why you would might want to exercise. Yeah. And, um, and so, so the name didn't feel like it quite fit anymore. Um, and the program still does exist inside of the movement because I didn't want to get rid of all that content because it's still of so course, good. Yeah. It's still so good. The workouts themselves don't really refer to the name at all. So all those workouts are still in there. Um, but I, I just felt like it was time. I could no longer sell that program as a product anymore. Yeah. Well, I, I so appreciate you candidly talking about that and your process and the evolution of it because there, there always has been so much pressure and like, oh yeah, think of how much, how much more interest you could get from media if you're like really marketing right. this in the, in the weight loss industry because we know it's a huge industry. And as much as diet culture is still very much alive and well and um, unfortunately thriving, yes. there's the counterculture is getting bigger and louder. And so that's what's so awesome about like health at every size is no longer this obscure thing. Like you said, we're actually seeing even on like major marketing campaigns for Athleta and these other brands, like they're showing these people participating in fitness at all shapes, sizes, colors, etc. Um, and so it, I think it makes so much sense. And as much as I don't, like I don't hate the word exercise, but again, like as someone kind of coming from, you know, eating disorder field and like, 
working with people, and I think certainly not even just people with eating disorder history, but like a lot of people in our culture, the word exercise is so loaded and there's so much connotation with it of like self-punishment and like you got to like, you know, all like the fitspo of like you got to like sweat and hurt for this to count. Um, and and we're we're getting a little bit away from that too, but I always say, okay, if you want to call it exercise, that's fine. If that word feels good for you, great. Yeah. But I love the word movement. And that's yeah. what I always share with people is like, <laughs> you know, what's, what feels like joyful movement in your life? So when I saw yeah. that you were launching this and calling it the movement, I was just like, yes, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It feels, it feels like the right word. And I'm right there with you, you know, because I've, my background, I was a dancer I mean, I danced um, in college and I danced professionally after college. And so for me, movement was always, um, it was always a form of joy. It was always creative expression. And when I stopped dancing in my mid twenties, you know, I had to keep on moving in some way, but I didn't want to be in dance class anymore because I didn't want the pressure of dance class. And so that's when I started going to the gym and taking exercise classes. And I was always like, Oh, exercise. Like, I'm so happy to be moving, but like, why? Like, I just, I also didn't love the term and I didn't love what it all entailed. Um, and I, I feel the same way. I think, you know, movement, like we are born to move. Mm -hmm. We were born to move. And one of the most incredible things is watching, you know, a baby, my daughter go from this sort of, you know, blob of a baby, right. Cause they don't do much, but they move, they move to, figuring out how to roll, to figuring out how to crawl, to figure out how to walk. And you watch and you see that human beings are born and designed to move, whether it's lifting your arms up or touching the ground or bending your knees or getting up and down from your bed. You are in movement and in motion. And I think with exercise, sometimes is we think there has to be a certain way of doing it and you need to have a certain kind of coordination and you have to have a certain kind of athleticism. And the truth is we are born to move and we all have natural rhythm in different ways. And, um, I think when you can tap into that natural movement and start to move in a way, like you said, that feels joyful, you open up so many possibilities for your body and for your mind and for your soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then with, with adding in the mantras and affirmations into the different types of, of offerings that you bring, it's like I always feel like I'm getting like double bang for my buck with the time I'm putting in because yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I want to do this kind of like, you know, affirming sort of work and I also want to move my body and now I get to do both in I like know. 15 minutes. <laughs> I know. It's so true. Sometimes I forget that it is like a double duty because I'm just so used to doing it. But, you know, I did one of my workouts the other day. I don't always like to do a workout with myself because <laughs> I feel like self caught you know, you start to like criticize yeah. yourself. But um, I did one of my workouts and I was like saying the mantras that I created. I'm like, oh my God, right. Like it was, it was about this idea of like moving through transition and, um, and that like changes, change is happening for the better. That was the mantra change is happening for the better. And as I'm doing these movements and I'm doing a lunge and I'm saying like change is happening for the better, change is happening for the better. I start, I, I wasn't even, when I went into the workout, I wasn't really thinking about what changes were happening in my life, quite frankly. But as I started to think about, you know, what's evolving, what's coming for me, what's coming up, what change is occurring over the next few months, I started to kind of tap into some things that I hadn't really been thinking about. And I started to, you know, say that these changes that are happening in my life, whatever's coming, it's happening for the better. It's happening for my highest good. 
and this is all happening while I was moving and working out. Mm. Um, and it was, I was like, Oh, this is, this stuff is so good. <laughs> I love when you like to like revisit your own stuff and you're like, Oh, this is so good. Yeah. You're like, um, Hey, nice job self. Yeah, totally. Good work. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it is, it's total double duty. So that like, if you're someone who likes to work with affirmations or kind of do some, um, self-development work or self, self-evolution work, this, um, this will do it for you. And the beautiful thing about it is that sometimes when we're doing that kind of work, um, you know, if we're sitting in our chair or reading a book, we're maybe writing in our journal, it can get a little heady, heady. And the power of um, the movement and the mantra together, which we didn't really touch on, is that the thing is, you, you only one thing can occupy a space at a time. So you can't be doing, you know, a lunge and thinking like, oh, this is hard. When is it over? I don't like this. I don't like what I see in the mirror. And also be thinking change is happening for the better at the same time. It's either one or the other. And so, you know, what happens as well is there was a study done on how does fatigue happen in the body? You know, where does it start? Does it start in the legs? Does it start in the lungs? Does it start in the heart? Why do we get fatigued? And what, what the study discovered was that fatigue really begins in the mind. That's where it starts. And so the minute when you're exercising, the minute you go into that negative thinking or that fearful thinking or that doubtful thinking is the minute your body will start to be like, um, are we done? Cause I'm tired. <laughs> and if you can not let the mind go, go in that direction, you're going to have more energy. You're going to have more power. You're going to get more out of your exercise and your workout. And, you know, it's funny. I, I ran into the other night, my friend, Chris Carr, who is um, a New York times bestselling author and was on Oprah and all that. And so I've given her several of my workouts and she was like, Aaron, your workouts, they're tricky because you don't think you're working hard because you don't feel it because you're having so much fun and you're saying these words. And then the next day you can't walk because you got <laughs> such a good workout. Um, and so that's, you know, that's another thing that's really great. It's just su- such a great movement practice, particularly for people who have a lot of resistance around movement, because I get it when you don't feel like you're someone who is naturally athletic or, you know, you've struggled with exercise or you struggled with your body. Um, so much negative thought thinking can come up when the minute you start to move, the minute you start to feel pain, you can start to get into like, Oh, I shouldn't be doing this anyway. I'm going to get hurt. And so the mantras are really wonderful for, for people who, are, are hoping to fall, know they need to exercise, know they need to move and are, and are wanting to kind of fall in love with movement again. Cause I hear that again and again through my programs that people are like, I'm excited to exercise because that was so much fun. Um, so it does just back to your initial point. It does do double duty. You're working on the mind and the body at the same time. Yeah. And it's just so accessible too, because it's like, you know, for anybody listening who is kind of wondering what the workouts actually look like, a lot of it is just like, very simple movement, you know, like lunges or lifting the arms or doing very simple choreography um, yeah. to the music and to the to the beat of the affirmations um, and maybe no equipment or a mat, sometimes maybe a set of light weights, but like that's it and a few feet of living room space. So um, I really like that like it's a lot of uh, permission to kind of meet yourself where you're at 
And whenever there's any kind of like fitness that doesn't feel like that, where it's like that, like push yourself and like, I, that just does not resonate for me. And so it's like, yeah, you can be really sore the next day or you can be like, wow, I am not feeling high impact right now. So I'm going to step right. what this other person in the video is doing instead. And um, so for people who like me, who haven't always identified themselves as like athletic or anything like that, like it's still really accessible. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, that's good to hear. And it's really, it's not, you know, when we're exercising, sometimes you, you see exercise programs and you see them doing, you know, like a thousand reps of something <laughs> and that's fine. You know, that's fine. But it's, it, it begs the question, why, why are we doing this? And if the, and if the answer is because, and only because we want to sculpt your ass, then we, then, then we're missing something here. Because, you know, maybe if you're going to do a thousand reps, maybe the answer is because you want to work through something. You want to feel what it feels like to work through a challenge. You want to feel what it feels like to stay so focused, so present, so in the moment. And you want to transform the mind through those reps, right? That is so much more powerful than like, we're just doing this to sculpt our ass. Yeah, Um, exactly. and And that is what I think mindful movement is all about. It's not just doing movement for the sake of it, but really understanding what are we learning through the movement? What can we learn about ourselves and our lives through the movement? Because I think that's where, you know, real transformation happens. Exactly. Yeah, that takes me back to I um, did a training in life force yoga, which is kind of applying um, yoga for depression, anxiety, trauma. And uh, we held bridge pose for like, 10 or 15 minutes and I mean there was a lot of setup for it of like because this is not at all like that's literally like the most active thing most of the yoga stuff that they're bringing is like breath work and um like really gentle movements so this even though like yeah your your ass is gonna burn the next day but that's not even remotely that's not what's said that's not the point it's like what happens when you are holding this and you've made it two minutes in and you think you're gonna die and then you've made it five minutes in and it's so it's really cool um seeing that and I've I've facilitated a little bit of that since then and it's just yeah, really awesome to see what happens when you're taking that kind of approach with it. Yeah, yeah. And you, you know, you walk out of there feeling so much more proud and connected and like you, like you really learned something. So that's beautiful. Yeah. So, so soul strolls are really my favorite part. Like when, you know, had the shrink session stuff and now you've got the older soul strolls in there, but you're, you're making new ones. Um, and the newest one you've made is my favorite so far, I think. Um, oh, good. Yeah. So soul strolls are where um, where you've put like music to mantras and you kind of invite people to, you know, whether you're doing it on the treadmill or the uh, elliptical or you're walking down the street. And I always do it walking outside because um, then I'm getting my nature time in, too. And it is just my favorite thing. Like when I think of how do I get into alignment, like energetically and get into a good headspace it's doing a soul stroll. So I just have to like preach that because oh, I awesome. love it so much. Yeah. In fact, I, I might go do another one this afternoon just cause I'm like, oh, I, re- I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. The soul strolls are so great. I, um, you know, I kind of, I live in New York and so we, you know, I walk everywhere all the time and, um, years ago I had ended a relationship and of course was very sad and upset about that. But 
um, didn't feel like I had, you know, I had to like kind of get on with my life during the day and, and do the things that I needed to do. But I also felt like I needed some like healing time each day. And so I would go for these long walks and I would, you know, let myself feel all the feelings during my walk so that I would kind of save it up so that I can stay focused during the day. And I felt like it was just, and I, you know, wouldn't have my phone. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be on my phone. I would just walk to walk and to connect. And through that, you know, the idea of like mantras and saying mantras while I was walking came up. And so I, I decided to put together a, um, and call it a soul stroll. And I recorded, I had this great music and I recorded, I went into a recording studio and I recorded mantras with it. And, um, I had never heard anything like it and I didn't know anyone else who had anything like it. And I put it out there and people were like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and so, you know, it's kind of grown and evolved from there, but they're just, um, they're so great because what I, what I love about them is that you really, it, it doesn't matter your fitness level. It doesn't matter um, how you want to use them. You know, you take them outside for a walk. Amazing. Some people will take them on their commute, on their train, you know, on the train, whatever to work. They'll put it on with their kids and dance around their home. There's this, people have used them for so many different things. And it really is, I think the high energy music um, along with the mantras really helps to get you into a wonderful um, headspace. So, you know, we have everything from a soul stroll on trusting your intuition to um, if you're ready for a breakthrough and you want to really focus on what that breakthrough is going to be, that's the latest one. Um, we have one on just showing up, like what is it like to really show up in your life um, and taking action. So we've got them on a lot of different themes. And of course, there will be more coming. Yay. <laughs> um, so I'm curious because even though you might sometimes do your own soul strolls, I know, like you said, that may not be your go-to of doing your own workouts. So what are some of your favorite ways or, or favorite way of getting into alignment? Um, I definitely, well, I definitely go for, I don't, even if I don't listen to my own soul stroll, I go, like walks for mm -hmm. sure, going for walks um, and just working out ideas as I'm walking and I think just putting one foot in front of the other can really help to clear out a lot of energy. So I do a lot of, um, it's harder now with it, with a baby, cause I just have like less time to aimlessly go for walks, but I try to, you know, I treat myself to like a really nice walk a couple of times a week. Um, I also find uh, meditation is a really wonderful way to get into alignment, even 15 minutes of sitting breath meditation. Um, I still do my morning pages, um, as often as I can, not nearly as often as I used to before being a mom, mm -hmm. but that's, that's a big one that gets me into alignment. And, um, and another one, I think just, just because of where life is for me right now and sort of the season that I'm in, you know, I have less time, um, to myself and, you know, when I'm working, I need to like focus in and work. It feels like, and I, when I'm with her, you know, there's so many things to do, especially cause she's little, but um, another thing that just really brings me into alignment, quite frankly, is like a nice long shower. <laughs> and yeah. I really, I really treat myself to that. And I, I think of, of it as like my manifestation station, <laughs> you know, um, I, I go into the shower and I let myself really think of ideas and come up with things while I'm in there. Cause sometimes that's all I get in a day, you know? Yeah, totally. And you know, you're alone in there and you get your space and even there's even mantras we can bring into that of like watching the water go down the drain and like, what am I releasing and, and flowing totally. going with the flow of life? Like there's, there's always some way to like let whatever the experience, like either just take it in through your senses or to really like, let it be 
also some kind of spiritual experience, even taking a shower. Totally. That's exactly right. <laughs> cool. Well, Erin, what is the fucking point? <laughs> what is the fucking point? <laughs> I ask myself that all the time. Right. Um, you know, I think the point is really something that we've tapped into already, which is to know what lights you up, to become aware of what lights you up and to do more of it and to be as present and as generous and kind to others as you possibly can. I think that's the point. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with it. (laughs) I think that's to me, that's like, well, if we're doing that, then I think we're doing good. We're doing good. And hopefully we're making, you know, hopefully through, through both of those things, hopefully we make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it reminds me of that, uh, I can never remember, Howard Thurman quote of, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive because the world needs more people who've come alive. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. where the service comes in is like just, yeah, finding what lights you up. So I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you for being a part of what lights me up um, on a regular basis. And I'm just um, so happy to be part of the community. And I hope that some people listening will come and check it out and um, tell people like where they need to go and if there's like free trial or all that kind of stuff. Yes, yes, yes. So come on over to erinstutland.com. That's S-T-U-T-L-A-N-D.com, E-R-I-N. Um, and if you click on the work with me, you'll, will see a tab for the movement. So you can definitely, we have a, um, a seven day free trial. So come on over and there's no obligation to stay at all, but please come over, try it, sign up, check it out, try some of the things, see how you like it. Um, and if it's not for you there, literally, I will never take it personally, um, but give yourself that gift to try it. So you can do that over, or you can go to erinstutland.com forward slash the dash movement. Um, and then you can also find me on Instagram, Aaron.stutland. And um, yeah, those probably those are the best places. And you know, if you're looking for a good book, of course, Mantras in Motion is available and also available on Amazon. Uh, I mean on audiobook, both on Amazon. Awesome. And all that will be linked up in the show notes so people can go check it out there. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. OMG, friend, you made it all the way to the end of the episode. It is truly an honor that you've chosen to spend this time with me. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. You can find show notes for this and other episodes at ValerieKMartin.com slash podcast. And that's just the letter K. And just to make it a little confusing, you can find me on Instagram at Val K. Martin, V-A-L-K-A-Y Martin, spelled out. I love getting DMs from you guys about what you're enjoying in the podcast, questions, ideas for topics or interviews. And if you want to bring a huge smile to my face, leave a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps so much. Just go to bit.ly slash WTFP review, all lowercase, and it'll take you less than a minute. I'll see you next time. And until then, keep asking the big questions.